Welcome to Talking Giants presented by DraftKings. I'm your host Bobby Skinner here with my co-host Justin Pennick. It's pre-free agency week. We got three episodes this week. That's why we're coming to you on a Monday in the off season. We're doing three episodes. I'm gonna get. We're gonna do some mailbag questions. This is actually gonna be our last mailbag voicemail episode, Justin, until post-draft because they, I mean we we start ramping up. Um, and then the, the main reason we're doing three this week, though, is we want to do our fr- Friday real free agency preview. And then Gettleman and Judge are speaking on Tuesday. And I we wouldn't want to wait three days after that to record an episode. So we're putting that out on, on Wednesday. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday's week. Justin, how are you? Bobby Skinner, we had a big week last week. You know, just when we thought that, oh, you know, we'll have a slow week. You know, talking Giants, you know, we'll get, you know, we're starting to ramp up for the draft a little bit. You know, definitely ramping up for free agency. No, we dropped two player interviews. So... Uh, big week for us last week. Bigger week this week, you know, because it's us. It's our voices. We're right here. We're bring, we're bringing you everything. Um, excited for this episode. I feel like there's going to be some good convos in this episode. You know, it's kind of we're we're building up um, to talking about free agency, and we're kind of still waiting for all of the the cap numbers to be decided. The, you know, I think by the time that where everybody's still listening, to this the final cap number isn't decided yet, which means that most of the cap casualties I feel like haven't even come yet. So we're ramping up. Big week. Yeah, man, I'm excited. And um, you know who else is excited? Justin, this special person brought you this episode. You know who it was? Michael Roberts. Michael Roberts. Michael Roberts. And that's kind of like, if your last name is Roberts, you got to go something a little different than Michael. You know what I mean? How do you feel about people with two first names as a first name, last name? But I don't know. Anyways, who is Michael Roberts, Justin? Well, Michael Roberts, uh, alone, by himself, on his own, very tough thing to do, went to patreon.com slash Giants, and he put in his credit card information for $2 a month, and he supports us, and he gets to watch the shows live now, and he has entered into a raffle two times a month where you can win a free Talking Giants shirt. Bobby, right after this stream, and right after we record this episode, we're actually are, we're going to be doing that. We're going to be giving away yep. a free shirt. I know, I'm excited. And uh, you get a, a magnet, stickers, whatever Bobby wants to send you. Patreon.com slash Talking Giants. All right, Justin. So we're going we're gonna to get into the mailbag and voicemail in a second. But we didn't get any questions about this, and I wanted to talk about it because Jason LaComforta did report that the Giants were shopping Kevin Zeitler. And it just got me frustrated because it's – the Kevin Zeitler situation right now, it, it to me it seems like a, a lose-lose for the Giants. You know what I mean? It's like, we need that space, but you also don't want to get rid of Kevin Zeitler at this point of, <laughs> of, of, you know, Gettleman's tenure. And I, and I really was frustrated. I was like, I think this is what I'm the most frustrated with Dave Gettleman at this point is the offensive line. Cause he said he's going to come in and fix it. And, and I get, we can look at individual things, but as a whole, we're going into year four. And it's a huge question mark. And we may, like, we're talking about, you know, you'll get in this episode, there's talks about, you know, investing important, you know, draft pieces into that spot. Um, now, they could get fixed in a, in a hurry. Like, this season, we could, you know, by week four, be like, oh, my gosh, this offensive line has arrived. But right now, I'm I'm pretty frustrated. 
Yeah, why why do I feel like the Leonard Williams situation is a lose lose situation in a in a way? There's a lot more likely scenarios where the Giants can lose that situation and lose giving him a big contract rather than win. Um, same thing with Kevin Zeidler. It's a lose-lose situation. Even further down the line, you almost feel like paying Saquon Barkley is a lose-lose conversation. There's a lot of moves that Dave Guttelman has made where it's like, you know what? We like this player. We like what they're doing. But when it comes to their futures with the team, we're talking about lose-lose scenarios. And that's not necessarily a recipe for success. Bobby, I'm I, I, we've been preparing for life without him this entire offseason. And I'm still... I'm still preparing for life without him, but I guess now, thinking about the line, thinking about what's available to the Giants free agency-wise in terms of their cap space, thinking about what's available to them in the NFL draft, and thinking about the lack of draft capital they have this time around, you know, I've come, you've come to appreciate Kevin Zeitler more, where you want him, you certainly want him on the team in some way, some way, shape, or form, but I think we're still at the point where we're accepting that he will not be on the team. Well, I hope they can figure out some type of infrastructure, but that also doesn't feel great either because Zeitler's play deteriorated in 2020. Yeah. You know, like in 2019, it was, you were hard pressed to find a bad rep from Kevin Zeitler. In 2020, he had bad games, you know, you know, there was, you know, a couple you know, San Francisco was a bad game. Pittsburgh was a really bad game. Um, you know, Arizona was bad. Like, and there was, and part of that is Cam Fleming, like would kind of screw him at times. But, you know, Mike Remmers, who I think is better than Fleming, like wasn't the best right tackle in the world. So, I mean, it, it, it went from not having a bad rep to it's like, oh, man, this is like, is he going to deteriorate? So I just, you know, you don't want to make this offensive line worse, but it's like the 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 solution to it isn't great either. It's like, what do we like? Will Hernandez, what do, what's up with that? You know, they flat out benched him, even though I do like Will. Um, hasn't lifted up to his draft slot, but I do like him. Shane Lemieux, it's like, can, will he make a jump forward? Which... So I think it's it's a lot of like hope for the 2021 offensive line without a lot of like like sound like oh this is okay like Matt Parrott if he turns out good then it's awesome like this makes the situation a whole ton better but does he you know so right. and that's what the Giants have been banking on I feel like almost every year it's the hope that this player can turn it around it's the hope that this player can you know uh, take a step up and for the players at which we've talked about right you know. I'd say maybe besides Leonard Williams, but Leonard Williams isn't a young player, you know, who was, you know, who was on in the middle of his rookie contract. He was towards the latter end of his rookie contract, right? But we were waiting for Lorenzo Carter. He maybe was going to take that step up. We were saying about O'Shane, but he got hurt. We were saying it about B.J. Hill. He's buried on the depth chart. You know, we were saying it about, you know, Will Hernandez. He obviously got COVID or the Giants feel differently about there's something going on off the field. So we're saying you know, that these players, they need to take a step up. And we're hoping that they do, and that's what we're banking on. And it's just not a sustainable <laughs> recipe for success right now. But it may the Giants may not have any other choice. Yeah, it sucks. Yep. This is a terrible conversation. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the only thing that doesn't happen is he plays on that contract this year. They can restructure, you know, pay cut, trade. I don't think a trade is the craziest thing in the world. You know, I think this year it's a little tougher because of the cap situation. But people who are saying like, "There's no way anybody's going to trade for that," so that those are the same conversations we had with Olivier Vernon, yeah. you know, in the Kevin Zeitler trade, and that ended up being like probably the most like Dave Gettleman move was that trade. Um, so uh, it's, just, it depends, it's just frustrating. And it depends. You know? It depends on how you view the 
the Kevin Zeitler, Olivier Vernon slash Beckham, because it, it happened one day apart from each other. So was that all one trade and Beckham was just the main piece in that? Or was it legitimately two different trades? I don't know. People were saying it's one trade. Um, yeah, I've never gotten like a clear cut answer on that one. But it depends on how it depends on how you view that. It was the the Zeitler family did just announce congratulations. By the way, they did, I know they did just announce that they're having a second uh, baby girl. So does that change how Kevin Zeitler views like his future and his family? Like, does he want to stay in New York? We know that we interviewed him last year. Um, we know that he likes the area. We know the family enjoys the area. So it's is it just a matter of the Giants need to approach him for a restructure? I I, I don't know. You you also had the tweet you know a couple you know, a couple days back that you, know, you can't force Kevin Zeitler to restructure if he doesn't want to. So yeah. we just don't know. I think the Giants have a pretty good idea and Kevin Zeitler of what's probably going to happen. I, th- I think yeah. they're they they do have a, a pretty good idea. So this isn't like panicking. It's just like it is like it is kind of a bad situation, yeah. but. And the That's elephant, why they get paid to do it, and we don't. <laughs> and the yeah, well, they 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 get paid for it, and how 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 they doing, Bobby? Um, the elephant in the room is also how do they view Will Hernandez? How, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Do they have? Are they? Are the Giants going to have two holes, possibly two holes, at the offensive guard spot if they just don't view Will Hernandez as if, an answer? If Zeitler comes back. Who do you have starting at left guard day one? Will Hernandez or Shane Lemieux? Or or an outside option? No, just out of those two. I mean, it, it has it has to be Will Hernandez. He's, he's the better football player. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, you can't go into this year with Will Hernandez as a backup. All right. Justin? Actually, no, not Justin. Steve from Blue's Clues. Take it away. Mail time. Mail time. The mail's here. Come on. Bye, guys. Alright, thanks Steve from Blues Clues. Justin, let's get into the mail. First up, we have a voicemail from Sam. Yo, what up, uh, Bobby and Justin? I'm just chilling here, right right here uh, in my house. Uh, and I'm uh, Sam, I'm calling from uh, New Jersey. I've actually... And uh, so, yeah, my question is, what exactly is Dave Gettleman doing? I feel like nothing has happened entirely. He seems to be doing stuff, restructuring contracts, cutting players. We just haven't done much. So, what exactly is happening? Thanks. And also, I'm going to ask this the world. I almost, I almost put oh, the thing away for that. Man, I was going to get so mad at you. He said, and also talking to Giants versus so, the world. What exactly is happening? Thanks. And also, I'm going to ask this the world. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. So, uh, there, that's the other, that, that's what, what I will say on this. Let me turn my volume down now. Yeah, you just yelled. Um, is they know what they're going to, they, ha- it's not like the Giants are like, st- like, they're still probably working some things out and stuff, but the Giants know if they're going to tag Leonard Williams at this point. You know, they know what they, like, what their number is for certain guys. Like, I don't, like, just because they haven't done it, there's, there's no, you don't win anything for doing things early. Like they got rid of Tate and Mayo because that those probably were like the okay. There's no market for these guys. There's no. There's nothing. We've exhausted everything with this. Let's 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 do this instead of doing it all at once too. They you know probably don't want to do. Um, but the fact that like they haven't gotten their stuff done now like has no issue with me. Like they haven't made like they haven't done anything on Nate Solder. There's so many things they have to do. 
But I'm also like, if you do it five minutes before the deadline, I, I could care less. We also just don't know what the cap is going to look like. And and Dave Gettleman said during the press conferences, which I really hope, um, I really hope by the time they speak on Tuesday, I mean, it's unlikely, right? Because I have a feeling the NFL is also going to make this last minute. I hope that there's a set cap number. Because Dave Gettleman said during the the postseason end of season wrap up press conference, I I think he he had the drop of the first first weekend match. Um, <laughs> the first weekend match. He's a big UFC fan. Yeah, the first weekend match um, for UFC. Which this past weekend, there's a bunch of things that happened. There was like an illegal knee. I don't know. I was I was out in a bar in Asbury Park. I was not watching. Neither here nor there. I hope the cap numbers decided so we can maybe get a little bit more out of Gettleman because usually you can get a little bit more to Gettleman. But if the cap number isn't decided, then I don't. It's not that they don't know what they're doing. I'm sure they have likely scenarios where if the cap is this, we're likely to do this. If the cap is that, we're likely to do that. But it is just a waiting game until that number is decided. Yeah, I um, I can't wait to hear from Joe Judge to be honest. Uh, it's, it's, I always get so excited for these pressers and then I, I like finish them off and it's like, we really didn't get much from that. No, um, no, but I'm still, I'm still going to get extremely excited for it. All right. Next question. Next question. Questions. Good, good little adding of the S there. So the first one is going to be from hot dog zero hot dog zero. How does a potential Offensive linemen fit into this team at 11. Slater, Darisaw, etc. Would you guys like that for us or no? I wouldn't hate it. But at this point, it's like, get me one of the wide receivers. Um, here And here's a take I have. Now, I have to watch Slater. I have to watch Slater. I haven't been able to find College All-22. If I can't find any by Wednesday, I'll, I'll just use the, the, um, the broadcast angle. Um, the reason I want... To make sure I get the all twenty-two on that is because I want to do a breakdown of, of Slater. Um, I don't think if Slater is not better than than uh, Seawall or Sewell, whatever you say his name, mm-hmm. I don't think any of these guys are better than the four from last year. Oh well, d- any I of saw. Them. I, I started. I started. Uh, granted, I started to. I started to watch Christian Darisaw today because apparently there's a clip of him pushing uh, uh your boy Surratt like thirty yards down the field, and I'm trying to find that game. Just the, the the footwork. I, I'm a I'm a big like technician guy. And if you know, Bobby, this is something that we talked about last year, right? Where you know I am more of a looking at offensive linemen. I love to see the pretty technique. That's why I had Wills as my favorite tackle last year. Is I love to see the technique. I love to see the footwork. Whereas Bobby, you know, you you prioritize maybe a little bit more play strength, nastiness, um, in game performance, stuff like that. So. Darisol, just the footwork and the the lack of athleticism. This is just me as as of watching him right now. So doesn't seem like anybody besides Sewell or we still have to watch Slater a little bit. These guys certainly aren't the cream of the crop like it was the 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 top four of last year. So I would I would agree with you as of right now, Bobby. There's all I like, but it's just I think last year's four are clearly better than them. And then Sewell is like I guess he I get he has potential, but he is like very very raw. And then people are like he's great in open space. It's like what it pulling and stuff. That's nice, but that is five percent of the job at yeah. tackle. Like you're you're not really going to be getting out of space. I get going to linebackers, but you know, in um in the NFL, it's it's a lot of just combo into the linebackers. It's not like you're not like out there sprinting, no. you know, getting to the linebacker as fast as you can. In fact, it's a slow play a little more in the NFL um, because these guys play their their um their their gaps and everything yeah. so soundly. Um, 
I, I mean, I, I think all four are better than any of them. Now, Seawall's young, and he hasn't played much, so he has a lot of room to grow. But I don't think any any of them are better than this year's four. Yeah, it's or also, last year's four. It's also a different kind of system that they play in Oregon, too, which you got to remember, how often are you left on an island? You know, Andrew Thomas was left on an island. You know, <laughs> these those guys in the SEC, they, they were left on an island because that you know, they, they ran very pro-type pro systems, right? So... If the Giants do find a way to go out and get a Galladay, you know, a clear-cut number one wide receiver in free agency, and we're feeling all right about that, then I'm definitely entertaining tackle at eleven. But rather than that, it's like if we if don't. If I like Slater a lot, I could. I, I wouldn't be against it. But it's like with what we look at mock drafts right now, it probably wouldn't be the way I go. Yeah, and just knowing what this offense needs and knowing. What worked for Jason Garrett in the past and what will work with this offense is they they need a they need an alpha that can go up and get a football down the field. You know, I I'm at a point where I don't even care about wide receiver separation. I, I, I could care less. Give me just a physical alpha that can go up and get a football because naturally, if you're catching footballs deep down the field, you're not going to be creating separation. It's rare that you're just running wide open in the NFL. So just give me a guy that can go up and get a football. Um and if we can get it, if we can get a Galladay, then I, I would love to talk tackle at eleven. But if we don't, I yeah. hope swing offensive tackle is figured out in free agency. That way, Parrot can come in and battle because you don't want to give up on Parrot either. You know, yeah. Like we're talking about a lot, a lot of this pre free agency, but we do like Parrot. You know, and you know, like uh, you know, research Rick pointed out, he's like, you know, the guys that you know, like uh, you know, Moton and and Darrell Williams. For in Carolina with Kevin, like those guys played less their rookie year, and we we think very highly of them. So I do think Parrot is a good enough to deserve a shot at it. Yeah. Where if you draft someone at eleven, Parrot is basically done in your as a, as a chance to start in your organization. He's I don't see him guard? being a guy that moves the guard or yeah. anything. Um, so if you do that, then you're basically giving up on Parrot, which isn't the worst thing in the world because he is a you know a, a late third rounder. But I wouldn't want to do that yeah. either. Cam Robinson. Tackle from Jacksonville. He went to Alabama. So, um, he was in Alabama in 2016. So, put him at right tackle. Put him at right tackle. Yeah, Cam Cam, Cam Robinson. Little uh, I'm trying to really look into the cheap options. That's what I've been in, that's what I've been investing my time in today. Okay, are we will we have a second part of this question um which we kind of already answered. I'm sorry, Ephrona. Um Ephrona at NY Giants Talk 3. Sewell likely won't be there at 11. So, what are your thoughts of taking Slater and or Darisaw at 11 and grabbing wide receiver tight end in later rounds. I think the Giants' main issue is line play. Also think later round uh, weapons are thumbs up emoji. Also wanted to know what you thought about taking Pat Fearmouth. How did he say his last name? Friermuth, I think. Friermuth, I think he spelled it wrong. Friermuth in round two. Friermuth is the guy, Justin, that whenever I see, like, like whenever I, like, screw around with, like, a, you know, like a draft or mock draft, you know, we can all say that we don't do it, but we all play around with the Draft Network mock drafts. I don't. Um, I'm always like, fall, fall, fall. He's the guy where it's like, please fall in the second round. Please, Depending on what they do in the first round, obviously. But he's the guy that's like, please fall there. Please fall there. Because I could see him being awesome. We talked about him in June when we were doing our like little draft prep uh You know, when we had nothing to talk about <laughs> because there was no mini camp or OTAs or anything like that. So the the tag and label that was put on him heading into this year was that he was the next Gronk. Like that was that was like his nickname, like Baby Gronk, and he had the same number and everything, I'm pretty sure. So that was the expectation for him, and it seems like he's lived up to 
that hype. I wouldn't mind it. Like, I, I said this last episode or something like that. Evan Ingram should not be a reason why the Giants do or do not do anything. Evan Ingram shouldn't prevent the Giants from doing something. I don't think that, Evan Ingram has earned that. That's a take I have um, that what we weren't asked about. I really hope they trade Evan Ingram. You're there? You're at that point? Yes, please. Even if it means we're running, rolling with Caden Smith as tight end one. Trade him now. He's expiring. I believe you can get a three. I believe you can. I believe if you can. Now, don't trade him for nothing, you know? Like, you know. But I hope there is a decent deal they can get for Evan Ingram. Because in the last year, it's zero dead cap. Um, I would, I would, I would look for a way to move off of Evan Ingram. Because honestly, when was Evan Ingram used best? Like last year, when was he most effective? Kind of doing that Kyle Pitts type of role. It was, you know, where you're lining up as a wide receiver and then you're just catching a ball deep downfield. Like think back to that Cincinnati game. I'm pretty sure both of those balls that Evan Ingram caught that were big plays in that Cincinnati game were when he was lining out wide. Like, that's not anything a wide receiver can't do. And Evan Ingram's not even that good of a route runner. He's just fast. So, Yeah, I, I would like them to move off Evan Ingram. All right, next question. I did say if they um, if they do move off from Evan Ingram, if they do trade Evan Ingram, I did say that I will shave, like, not go bald, but I will do, like, a military cut all the way around. So I- I'm that set on how much they love Evan Ingram. I'd like to do it. Okay, we have a we have a voicemail from Mr. No, Goodall. It's not a voicemail, Freddie Goodall. Oh, mailbag. Yes, we do, Mr. Goodall, Freddie Goodall. Thoughts on you a said guy? Voicemail. Huh? Nothing. You said voicemail. I did. Well, I meant mailbag. I'm sorry, Mr. Goodall, Freddie Goodall. Thoughts on a guy like Pat Pete or Truant to fill cornerback two, and then he corrected himself and said Trufant to fill cornerback two. Patrick Peterson, I see getting a little more money. One just the name like I don't I don't see Patrick Pearson being a guy to settle on less money. True font, I haven't dove deep into the corners, but I can see him being like the I can see him being a part of my like free agent you know, my you know, Twitter GM free agency plan. Uh, you know, he was with Jerome Henderson when Jerome Henderson was their um pass game coordinator, which is essentially like a DB's coach coach basically in Atlanta. Um I think he would be, if they're looking to fill cornerback two in free agency, I think Trufant might end up being the most perfect fit. I'm liking Troy Hill out of LA. That's like my underrated, whereas I flip my phone and my camera went. Look at that. Look at that. Well, Susan, hello. Well, well, Susan, um, this is what we're going with. Troy Hill out of LA for the Rams. Uh, I don't know if he has any connection to any of the Giants coaching staff, but you know what? He's a guy that I like, and he's going to be someone on the cheap. Um, I think the free agent market is very, very, very oversaturated with slot corners this year. So I'm getting a little worried as I'm kind of going through, oh, this guy's a slot guy. He's played a lot of time in the slot. This guy's a slot guy. He, oh, he played on the outside, but he had more success in the slot. I'm like, well, well, damn. Um, we did get the little tidbit. We did get the little tip from Darnay Holmes that he's training for both outside and inside. I think he's playing slot. I agree. I agree. But we did get that. We did get that little tip. So I don't know what the Giants are going to do at a corner out for outside corner because it's very. I think it's very. The market's very oversaturated with with guys that exclusively play the slot. The two positions I want filled going into the draft for not big contracts is cornerback and offensive tackle. Yeah. Those are the two like five Miller less contracts I want filled going into the draft. 
So even if they don't, even if they don't get a wide receiver, it's like okay, they'll they're going to draft one, or maybe draft two. You know, yep. Like those are the two positions where I, I would like to have that freedom in the draft to not be thinking about them um, on draft day. Yeah, I mean, you you're we've invested in James Bradbury to take care of half the field, and that investment worked out this year. Invest in him again, and you you, you can't have the best players at every position. I know. Yeah, corner. I'm also not worried if they run, roll with what they have at corner either. Like, I'm. I agree. Gnome, Ryan Lewis. Um, uh, if they give Julian Love a shot, like I, I have no issue with them rolling with that right. either. Yeah, because you're you're ultimately investing in James Bradbury. Like, look, you need to lock down your side of the field. You need to lock down whoever you're covering. The other team's wide receiver one. So then the other resources, the safeties, and you know we can sh- linebackers. We can shadow those guys where we're kind of weaker on the defensive side of the ball. I'm very fine with that. Yeah. All right. Um, next question. We have a mailbag question. I got that right. Enter name here at enter name here 33. Quick thoughts on Caleb Farley versus Patrick Sertain at pick 11, if you've looked at them at all. Also, are you guys still opposed to taking a corner in round one? I remember Justin has PTSD from Baker slash Apple. Also, what wide receivers do you guys like as targets in round two? What was the first part before the corners? Do you like it in round one? Um, Caleb Farley, Patrick Sertain at pick 11. Um, are you guys still opposed to taking a corner in round one? No, I like Caleb Farley a lot. I, I think he's re- I think he's pretty damn good. Not like the perfect player, but I do like Caleb Farley. Sertain, man, I, I, get, I get worried about him because he's in that Alabama system. It's heavy zone, so it's not like he. I'm like worried he would like Giants, fit in. Giants had one of the highest cover three rates in the National Football League this year. I agree, but if I'm taking a corner at 11, I want him someone where I'm putting his ass in man coverage. That's like, true. I want him to give our defense more flexibility, not just fit in with our right. defense. But that's also that's that's also a counter. I think we're also arguing as to why it doesn't make sense for the Giants to take a corner because you already have James Bradbury here doing that kind of lockdown job. So would it not be a little redundant to take another lockdown corner at 11 who can handle his own business? No, because it makes you able to blitz more and, and play more man coverage and, and stuff like that. So I like Caleb Farley. I don't know if Sertain, if I would go him. J.C. Horn, I like him, but I worry about him in the NFL, man. I've never seen a dude be so grabby in my life. It's like he commits a penalty on every play. It's almost like his mindset is like, I am going to commit a penalty every play and call it. Call it because I'm going to do it all game long. So are you going to call a penalty to me on every play, ref? I mean, it's on every play when he's in like in press man coverage, he commits a penalty every time. I've never seen a guy, and I like the physical traits and the mindset and stuff, but I, I don't know how he's going to translate to the NFL. I kind of like it. I almost like it a little more, but when watching him, it's like that. Every play is a penalty for J.C. Horn almost. That was a knock on Apple coming out of school. <sighs> I mean, I'm I'm intrigued by him. I like him, but he worries me, man. The way it's just like, boy, man, like you, you. Every play. I, I've never seen a corner grab like he in my life. So I laid out a reason why it's kind of redundant to take a cornerback, which that's what enter name here. That's what he was asking. I'm still opposed to it because, I mean, I, I, I kind of think when you play zone correctly, you don't play zone like a dumbass like James Betcher, where you're lining up 10 yards away from the wide receivers on third and three. If you play zone correctly, I think it kind of works, you know, in the, in the NFL. 
So, you know, cuz basically what you're make you're making quarterbacks, you know, make decisions for themselves. And there's not a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL that can really read well like that, especially if you're disguising looks pre-snap, which Patrick Graham can do. Okay. So Far I'd like Farley though. You like Farley. I, I I like Sertain a little a little bit better as of as of right now, yet I haven't done a ton of research. So I'm I do have PTSD because you we put so much expectations on draft picks from day one. Especially our first round draft picks. That's you know? true. We put so much expectations on these guys. And I mean, let's be real. The expectations that we put on guys as in New York for the New York football giants, it is different than the expectations that are put on the, the first round pick for the Arizona Cardinals, the first round uh, draft pick that's for the Houston Texans. It's just flat out different. And when you take a cornerback in the first round and they inevitably struggle, right? Uh, Jeff Okuda was one of the most proven talents like ever taken at corner from Ohio State, right? He was more pro-ready. He struggled his first year. These corners, they just struggle their first years because it's such a different game. So I feel like, as at least as fans and the fan mindset of how we view a player, if a cornerback is bad in year one, we already give up on him. When that is not a realistic thing to do, especially for cornerbacks in the NFL. Forget bad in year one. Justin, Andrew Thomas was bad in the first half of the season was awesome in the second half, and people still hate it. Yeah. <laughs> so I agree. Um, but also, you can't not draft somebody because people from New York are a-holes a lot of the time. Well, no, I mean, that, that's not... That, I, I guess that was... Was that really my point? I, I didn't necessarily want it to be, but it was just like at the expectations that you put on that you put on a player to perform. And if they don't deliver that performance, they're viewed as a failure. And it's all yeah. within this time frame because you, even you look at it in the NFL with quarterbacks too. There's such a limited time frame of when quarterbacks can perform. I mean, Josh Rosen got one year, and he's <laughs> he got one year as a first round pick, and now he's on the bench, right? You know, so it's there's such limited time frame in today's NFL to perform, or else you're just left behind. Yeah. All right, um, we got a voicemail. Yes, friend of the program. Hey guys, this is Gordy from Oneonta, New York, where the sun is shining and it's freezing. Anyway, uh, just listen to your show. Puts me in a good mood. I think I think the thing is uh, that there's other crazy Giants fans out there. And it was a question and answer show. And, and you guys are crazy Giants fans and the people who call are crazy Giants fans. So puts me in a good mood. Here's my question. I've been listening, uh, no, I've been watching the Giants since the late 50s, and uh, I have a lot of superstitions. I'm curious about your guys' superstitions about the Giants. All right, keep up the good work. Bye-bye. Thank you, Gordy, one of our favorite listeners. Justin, do you have any superstitions? Yeah, now, how well these superstitions work, because I have been like driving myself and driving some friends to you know, regular season games only for a couple years now. And I think every, every single year it's been a losing season besides 2016, but I only went to one game in 2016 because I was still in school. So I have to park in parking lot K-12. That's, that's like a thing. I, or at least in the proximity of K-12, K-11, K-10, I need to park in that general proximity. What about K-2? Nope. Can't do it. That's way too far. Not acceptable. You don't like K-2? No. Feel like you're feel like there's a joke in here and I'm not getting it. What no, else is you're new? Not. 
I'm not getting it. Um, tell, tell me after the, the show. The people that get it will get it. It's a, it's all right. <laughs> Sorry. Now um, I'm thinking about it. If you if you doesn't automatically hit you, you're never gonna know it. No, I'm never gonna know. Um, <sighs> you don't eat. That's something. I don't know if that's a superstition or that's no. Just that's a just habit. me working type of thing where it's like I if I I'll I eat. I have like something very small before the game. And oh, I need like, to. I'm an emotional eater. But I drink like twelve bottles of water during the game, uh, and so I have to pee a lot. Yeah, but it's like you you got to get up and piss. It's like every commercial break. It's like running to the bathroom, make sure I get back. Um. Well, I used to have a tradition. Uh, I don't have any superstitions where it's like they if I do this, you know. But I had a tradition of I would put this small like child's twenty seven jersey on my dog but on on week one for like week one of the NFL. But now my dog is dead, so I don't have any more. You constantly, whenever you bring up your, whenever somebody brings up a dog, or whenever you bring up your dog, you always have to finish it with, "She's now dead," and then there's just this awkward energy in the space. It's because I can make jokes about that now, and but some people feel like you can't make like obviously to a limit, you know, like I'm not gonna. But like a like, yeah, like I'm not gonna make a joke about your dead dog. No, no, and but you you could though. Actually, it's not it's not your brand of humor, so you couldn't do it. But like my <laughs> no. best friend, my like my when my grandfather passed uh, a couple weeks ago, he texted me when he found out and he said, "Did you get anything?" That was his first text. To wow. Me. Did you? <laughs> Which even though I was like, come like, I was like, I get it. I'm not gonna be mad about it. But I was like, geez, dude, like that's that's kind of a brutal text. Did you? Um. No, my grandma's still alive. Um, Keep us posted. I also refuse to ever fight about that type of stuff. You know? What do you mean fight? Like families fight about inheritances. Oh. Oh, yeah. It's something I will will refuse to ever. Now, it might be something I'd I'd be annoyed about and, and a conversation I'd have, but I would never battle with somebody if there was, like, if it wasn't clear cut, you know? Yeah. Um, so, it's just, it's, I don't know, it's just something where it's like, I, I don't know. Anyways, I superstition. Um, superstition. Oh, um, oh here, well, here's also, it's not a superstition, this is just a bad habit. The Giants lose, and I get back in my car, and chocolate cookies galore. Like, I, I just, I go to town on chocolate cookies. Like, I'm driving with one arm, the friend that I go to the games with is holding the cookies on, like, his lap, and I'm taking the cookies, stuffing my face as I listen to, uh... Ben McAdoo and Pat Shermer um, have their post-game press conferences. Loki you know, I listened to, to Pat Shermer's um, Week 17 presser um, f- a few weeks ago for some reason. Yeah. Or no, I saw a clip of it. I didn't watch. I saw a clip of it. Oh, I was looking for an old tweet and it, it uh, for of mine, um, and the video came up. Mm-hmm. He trashed Gelman on his way out. Good. He's like, we had a lot of dead cap this year. Now we got a lot of free agency. We got a lot of young players, and like he was like, because he knew he was getting fired, and he his message was like, "This is not my fault." He's like, "Look at all the dead cap we had this year. Look at all the young players. You know, we're the second youngest team in the NFL." He made it clear on the way out that I don't feel like I got a fair shake around here. Well, good. I mean, Giants literally came out and said 2018 was a disaster. So okay, good okay. for Pat Shermer. Good for Pat. Good for Pat. I, I love Joe Judge, but I do. Can I be honest? Sometimes I do miss Pat. You, you miss you miss Pat's Whenever offense. I th- yeah, I know. You don't miss Pat Shermer as a coach, 
where the the biggest critique of Pat Shermer is that he just could not get his defense under control and he could not get his defensive staff under control. Yeah. That was the true. biggest critique. Yeah. I still think he didn't get a fair shot. All right, let's um let's move on. Let's Next move question. on. Austin Ionetta left a mailbag question. And he said, "What are your guys sleeper low-end free agents that the Giants could go after or should go after?" Um Now this isn't a sleeper, but we didn't talk about it last week cuz Golden Tate was cut. I'm kind of all in on Kyle Van Noy. He is the perfect fit for the Giants. Now, obviously, to a, an extent, like, you know, um, I, I, I don't think he should get the same contract he got last year for the Dolphins now. He's a year older. But he is the perfect player for the outside linebacker spot. In fact, I was having a hard time finding, like, who could the Giants go for on the edge outside linebacker roles? Like, there's not a lot of people that fit that mold, and there's not enough guys that are going to be good enough to sacrifice in coverage. Like, and it's like, and we're going to spend a ton of money on Bud Dupree. It's, Kyle Van Noy is the guy for me. I think he should be a New York Giant. Yeah. Um, if he, you know, what, what, eight mil a year, like that, that sounds about good, is right? He a eight sleeper, mil a year? though? I don't think he's a sleeper. No, guy. he's not. I just wanted to get that off my chest. Oh, okay. Sleepers. Um, Nelson Aguilar is one. Um, Gerard Davis, linebacker from Detroit. He could come in really cheap, man. And, and he was a first round pick. He's athletic. I've seen it like, you put him in a good defense, put him in that, you know, that uh inside linebacker number two spot, he could thrive. Obviously it's not a need, um, because you know, we have Crowder, um, so it'd have to be cheap. But sleeper picks, I guess Nelson Aguilar, Gerard Davis, and you know, there's some depth spots, but not nothing like like this is my sleeper, go out and get him for cheap guy. Yeah, I mentioned Troy Hill before. Um I'm liking him from LA. I'm rewatching the game where the Giants played. Um, rewatching the game where the Giants played the Rams early in the season. He did get the majority of his snaps from the slot, but I'm watching. Like I said, I'm watching this Giants game, and he played most of his sl- uh, snaps outside. So I will report back with more. And is will he be a part of my free agency plan? Stay tuned. A guy that will like 100% be a part of my free agency plan. And Bobby, when you posted about Nelson Aguilar, and when you had you know you put out your your free agent wide receiver options video. Somebody said this might've been research. Rick, correct me if I'm wrong. Somebody said the challenge is to find this year's Nelson Aguilar because well, Dan Duggan quote tweeted it saying ah, it was Dan Duggan, Dan Duggan. So I give research Rick credit for everything. See, but Dan Duggan quote tweeted that. And he said, you know, the challenge for the giants is to find this year's Nelson Aguilar. I legitimately do think this year's Nelson Aguilar very much can be uh, Brashad Perriman. Here's I really where I do. push back on a little bit. Brashard Perriman has been this year with Nelson Aguilar for like three, four years now. But only one year with Freddie Kitchens. And he's a big play machine. He runs like a 4-2. He averages 16.5 yards per catch in his career, but I'm pretty sure the yards per catch when he was in 2018 when he was with Cleveland was like t- over 20. Um, he has that physicality. He's 6-2. He's like 215. His yak numbers in terms of his expected yards after the catch and his actual yards after the catch, it's like plus one. So he he's clearly doing a good job in space breaking tackles. You know, the challenge is to again, you know, Nelson Aguilar is gonna get he's gonna get money, Bobby. Nelson Aguilar is gonna get a little bit of money. And the challenge for the Giants is, and then, you know, we're feel like this week and Warren Sharp is really leading this charge, and a lot of people are seeing it, a lot of people are following it, where 
teams that are winning the Super Bowls, you know, teams that are winning in the playoffs and they're making the playoffs and they're having consistent success year in and year out. And this is nothing new, by the way. You know, you win through the draft, but we're seeing it. We're seeing it with our own eyes where they're not spending big in free agency. They're not. They're, <laughs> if anything, they're spending like below average in the bottom core, bo- bottom quarter, bottom tier in the National Football League in free agency each year. And these teams, they're building within the draft and they draft well. And then they have these cheap rookie contracts. And that's how those guys thrive. So the challenge for the Giants is to find that next guy that can be, that can really over exceed his production and not just be, hey, we're going to sign Cam Fleming for a cheap deal. We're going to sign Kyler Fackrell for a cheap deal. We're going to sign this guy for a cheap deal. And then all that they do is be average. We need to find that guy that is going to get signed for a cheap deal and perform at an above average rate. Let's do it. Perriman's the guy has the Freddie kitchens connection. I like it. I I would be fine with it. My thing, I just worry this like Perriman's never really put it together. It's like, is he going to put it together with us? Right. Well, well, here's the thing, Bobby. You know, if he did put it together, um, he would be Corey Davis, and we would have to pay Corey Davis all that. You know, we would have to pay that money. So here's also my take, and we we were talking about this before the show. I would legitimately rather sign Rashad Perriman and not have a lot of expectations for him, right? And if he overexceeds the expectations, great. Like this is a great signing. We're really smart. Versus overpaying for Corey Davis. We'll see. Whoever it is has to unlock Slayton. I really do think whoever they get in is going to help so much. I really do think adding one guy is going to help so much if he can get downfield and be that big play guy. Right. And why? And Jane why Waddle. you go after the? You know. And this is so. This is the second part. A lot of people, are, I'm sure, are listening to this. Oh, well, are you investing in Perriman? You know, just because this is a guy that you like and maybe a guy that you think can do it. No, this is not me saying invest in Perriman. This is me saying the Giants shouldn't be going out there spending a shit ton in free agency when they should be relying on the draft and their draft picks to garner that value for your football team. And that is where you go and you get your wide receiver. That is where you go and you get your Kyle Pitts. It's where you go and you get your playmaker in the draft so he can be that sustainable piece of success for the next five years. Or how about we take a chance on B.J. Hill and we let Leonard Williams walk? I'm not about that. (laughs) <laughs> I, just, I had to throw i had to give get a dig in there all right it I, i'll tell you what we are as we as we approach free agency we got no clue what the giants are doing now and i've got no clue how they are going to approach things like it's i don't know i guess did we really have a clue last year i don't know it's like we, we knew they we had need, to get a corner yeah i was just about to say that yeah that was basically it we knew we needed a corner we knew we needed an interior linebacker Yeah, I was. I wanted Sean Lee. How about that? People didn't like that, but I was like, actually, is it, it would have been a smart deal. But In hi- yeah, hindsight, you know, obviously that doesn't prevent you from drafting Tay Crowder, but hindsight that wouldn't have been bad because then Devonte Downs and David Mayo don't play like for the first three four weeks. Yeah, and I think him and Connolly. I thought, and part of that was I thought him and Connolly are very similar type players. Oh wow! So Remember it would have been a good way to ease Connolly back in. But Connolly's a bum, and we should hate him with a passion. All right, yeah. next. Just because Dave Guttelman, a guy with a really good track record, uh, caught him. Uh, might have been Judge. My, my apologies. All right, Mr. Brownstone. Who on the current roster do you think is most likely to get arrested this offseason and why? Talking Giants versus the world. I have an underrated one. Now, Darius Slayton. Hmm. But it won't be like a felony. 
Here's and here's what I could see it being. Pissing in the woods. Darius Slayton doing 120 and a 75. And it's, it's, it's above that threshold where you get arrested for it. Because I, Slayton likes cars. And people who like cars like to go fast. Like Jedrick Wills and the other dude got in trouble for that. Mm-hmm. People was like... But it's also something where if it happened, I wouldn't be mad at Darius Slayton at all. Everybody likes to go fast mm-hmm. every once in a while. Now, you can you could push it, you know, much past the limit. But if, like, if Darius Slayton gets arrested for, you know, doing 120 and 75, we'll talk about it. But I'm not like a, this team isn't, this is an embarrassment. He should be embarrassed. It's like, it, it would be more like an it happens type thing. Who do I think? And then my guy that could actually be getting real trouble would be Will Hernandez. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I could see Will Hernandez being almost Friday and just beating the crap out of somebody who got mouthy. Taking the boys to strip clubs. Yeah. He was doing that. Yeah, let's, let's not throw out his business out there, but Will Hernandez. This is not really a great question to answer because you really have to like make someone like look bad. I think Leonard would get in trouble for capturing like exotic animals. Leonard That's Williams. a good one. Yeah. He's in Puerto Rico right now, which spoils giant stories later in the week a little bit, but <gasps> here's a good story. My friend's little brother, they were in Costa Rica, um, and he put like lizards in this mason jar. Mm-hmm. And so when they were going back through um, you know, customs in the airport, they go through his bag and they go to open it, and he's like, Don't open that. <laughs> and they open it. And then there's lizards just running like these, like these lizards, like running all around the um, the airport. <laughs> Don't open. That. When when are you at an airport? And when you drop that line, when does that ever work out for you? Uh, oh, I don't so, know. Oh, it's... sorry, man. I'll just close that right up for you. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Well, sir. you know it. It was. It was. <laughs> It's a great story. Um, hey, don't open. I'm sorry. That's like the third time I'm saying. I just wanted to be there, like a spectator. I would also freak out if just like lizards just popped out of nowhere and started running around. I'd be like, "What the? F- yeah, hell." Okay. What the friggin' frig? All right. Um, next question. Paul Nonas, good friend of the program, very smart. I want Paul to start his own show. You should start. No, you know what? No, don't get mainstream like that. Don't be. Don't don't do that. Stay I've smart. thought about having a Talking Giants listener show, but it'd have to be like one person took it over and and had different listeners on. He would have. He would. Uh, he would be my guy. He would. Maybe uh, we'll think about that down the road. What do you think about our division rivals? And do you see Eagles taking a QB at six? The more I think about it, the more I see them taking one. The Cowboys. Do they have... kind of have to? Are they going to well, roll? I don't see them rolling with Jalen Hurts. Well, here's first off. Don't the Cowboys have until Tuesday at midnight to do something with Dak Prescott? They're gonna they're gonna franchise tag him. Dak Prescott is not becoming a, if Dak Prescott is becoming a free agent, we already know. Like that doesn't that doesn't sneak up on you. I'm rooting for it. <laughs> um, but for the the Eagles QB talk, they kind of have to take a QB, right? New coaching staff, new GM, new everything. No, no. Just no, new coach. Same GM. Same GM. I don't know if it's the same GM. Do There's no just, way they are rolling with Jalen Hurts. I, do they I, just, I, I don't believe it. Do they just Belichick it and just try to just do whatever next year and just see what happens and then go from there? May possibly. 
Possibly, but I, I, I don't know. Jeff, Jeff, I, I see them. I see them getting a QB. Um, my quick synopsis of the division: the Cowboys should be the favorites with Dak healthy. That's a, still a very talented roster. Um, you could, you know, they have some talent. It's not like their defense is totally just devoid of talent. So it's a talented roster, um, and you know, a, a good offseason could really help them. And then, and then Dak and that that Dak and that offense does a lot of firepower. Um, the Eagles, I think, are going to be horrible. Yeah, I mean, they're screwed. Like, they, I think they really are screwed this year. And then Washington, it's like Washington is just not a threat to me. You know, I know they won it, but they they are they. I think they're just a mess. I think they're a mess. Like, well, they're they're not a threat until they get a quarterback. No, they don't have a court. Like, they flat out don't have a quarterback. Who are they going to start? Like, their only QB on the roster right now is is Tyler, Taylor Heineke and Kyle Allen, who Jabril Peppers broke his ankle. What if they take Jones, Mac Jones? Is that a great fit for? I don't see that being a great fit for Mac Jones. Is Washington a good fit for anybody at quarterback? No. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> I mean, they have Terry McLaurin, but other than that, they're not. They they don't have a ton. My uh, my worst fear is that Prescott walks and Washington signs him. It's my that's my fear. My I un- think Cam's going to go there. My unreasonable fear, Cam. I would like that because it wouldn't work. Yeah, Cam's done. Um, I get that everything around him was bad last year, but he was he looked horrible. Yeah. Um, and he seems like he's bidding to try and get back with the Patriots, anyways. All right, next question. Next question is. Do you coming agree from, that the Cowboys should be the favorite, though? It's close between them and Washington. It's close. You have Washington above us. I kind of do right now. I don't. They've they're they're a they're a good football team, and they were able to do enough with with how many different quarterbacks did they have last year. How many different starting quarterbacks did they have last year, including the playoffs? Three, three, four if you include the playoffs. Four. I mean, it, you know, the fact that they were able to play well enough while getting swept by a team in their division. You know, it's the giant, the Giants, and this is every year we have the same freaking conversation of. We're in the month of October. We're in the you know we're in the month of November, and it's like well we have one or two wins. They just need to get off to a faster start every single year. Besides 2016, you know 20 even going back to 2015, and that was a really fun year. And they started one and two when they could have been three and zero because Preston Parker dropped balls. You know 2016 the exception. 2017 they were just bad. 2018 you know they somehow got out five wins, but they started out pretty slow. I mean, look at Washington too. They suck as they suck. They suck every year too, especially in the same exact thing starting out. So I, I definitely feel better than Washington. They just the Giants just, give give me one or two wins in the month of October, uh, in the month of September. Like yeah, I on. hear you. It sucks every year. <laughs> I get it. I feel you. It's it feels like it's it's part of the Giants right now. It sucks. Yeah. Um, but that also, I f- I feel better than Washington. Um, it's close. Right. I mean, it's close. So all right, yeah. Ne- next question. Agent X, good question. Can we sign Deshaun Jackson just to immediately cut him, please? Question mark. No, because I don't want him to ever be on the Giants. No, I don't. I don't want that ever. No, I don't want that ever associated. I don't think anybody's gonna want him, anyways. Watch we get him. <laughs> Marjorie Harper. They'd have to have a conversation, even though Marjorie Harper's a free agent too. All right, next question. Next question. This is our last one, by the way. Last one. Last one. 
Last one. Two two different questions. It's two. It's a thread. More of a general NFL question. Why in the Super Bowl slash championship games do teams not show respect by watching the other team collect the trophy? You see it in all other sports, yet not in the NFL. Then you see accounts posting about how a player who stays and watches is gearing themselves up for next season when actually all it is is showing respect. Thoughts? Curious as in the UK, the other team always waits and watches. And this question is from Ben Butler at Ben Butler 7. Well, the people who do, do, like, when there's stories of, like, that one person watching, it is them gearing. It's not a fake storyline. Like, I remember Dwight Howard forcing Jameer Nelson to watch the Lakers celebrate and being like, we're going to, this 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 should motivate us to come back, get back here. They didn't work. get back. Yeah. Um, But I don't know. who. Like, what's the point? Show, like, I don't understand what showing respect does. It's like, and it's also let them enjoy, like, let them enjoy their celebration. Let them be over, over the top. And in NFL and in American sports, like families are on the like a lot of people come out onto the yeah. arena, you know. Where it's you know there's NFL more so because they have so many people on there and so many. But well, and what's the point? And also, I, if I lost, what do I want to watch that for? Show respect. I, I'm done. Get me out of here. I, I got no use for that. I got no use for good sportsmanship. I feel like. That's a very like people getting mad at Cam. Uh, people getting mad at Cam Newton. The Super Bowl is like he. Need, it's like who cares? They lost. What is him doing? It has no effect on anything that happens going forward. There's things you could pick at with Cam, but that was one. It's like who cares? Oh, is he is he mad and have a bad attitude after he lost the biggest game of his career? Oh wow, poor what a scumbag. He the lowest moment of his career. He he doesn't feel good and he, he doesn't have the best attitude. First of all, I'm looking at Ben Butler's page and. He's wearing a football uniform, and it seems like he's got a wide receiver number. Seems like he got the he's got the wide receiver hair going on. So good luck to you if you're playing football overseas. That's kind of cool. You're playing football overseas. I do feel like it's a very American type of deal where our opponents like I want to spit in your face. Like I I, I don't want any, I don't want anything to do with you. Now I, I'm not I I never I never was an outwardly dirty player when I played stuff, but. I didn't want anything to do with you. I, I I could care less about the shaking hands thing. I wanted to do my job and get off the field. That that was that was my mentality. So, I guess it's different where overseas like is is there more of like an honor to the game, respect for the other person. I know that there's that thing you know they they do that I in MMA. That, I don't like it either, but I also feel like it's a very um, it's an American type of deal where it's different around the world. Like in college, you know how you know like you know. In high school, you know, they have you line up in a line and, and shake hands, the whole thing. Yeah. And in college and the NFL, it's just kind of every man for their own. I was, let me go walk to our, our locker room. Yeah. Like, what, am, what am I going to say? Good game? Like, no point. I was, It was like me and like three other people would just walk straight to the locker room. Like, what, what's the use of going and saying good good game? Yeah, I agree. Um. All right. That's, that's an episode. I got a. Uh, I tell you what, I got my Twitter. I got my Twitter page on my computer, and I've been watching the same like thirty-six second loop of of Brashad Perriman highlights over and over again. Let me check because we are we are at it's five o'clock in the afternoon. It's five o'clock somewhere. So let's make sure that Adam Schefter hasn't broken any big news. There's an NASCAR race on. We gotta go. Nope, no big news. All right, so we appreciate you guys. We'll see you on Wednesday. Until then, let's go big. Blue.